Welcome to Dental Assistant Nation, powered by Ignite DA. This podcast is designed to empower, enlighten, and educate dental assistants, helping them have a more fulfilling career and enjoy their day more. Join us as we tackle some of the hottest topics in dental assisting. Now, here's your host, Ignite DA co-founder, Kevin Henry. So welcome to episode 17 of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm the co-founder of Ignite DA. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. I'm super excited today to bring you a uh, a broadcast that we did uh, on a webcast uh, on marketing, the dental assistant's role, and first impressions. We talked about a lot of things in this uh, webinar that we did just last night for Ignite DA, and I thought, what better way than to share this with you so that you could hear a little bit about the dental assistant's role in marketing, the dental assistant's role in those first impressions of the practice, especially those of you who are cross-trained and maybe sometimes you're answering the phone up front. Uh, So we brought in a marketing expert, Danny Bobro, and you'll hear more about Danny in in his introduction. But I wanted to make sure that you all heard this. I think it's really an interesting listen because we, you know, as we talk about here at Ignite DA so often, this is part of the business of running a dental practice and it's the marketing it's the phone calls it's the patient interaction it's all the things that are not clinical that still make such a difference for the practice to actually thrive and obviously the dental assistant plays a huge role in that so with that in mind i would uh, encourage you to listen to this webinar Uh, it's just about 30 minutes long uh, and uh, there's really some good points that are brought in here and i also want to remind you that we have a ton of free webinars for you to listen to uh, on IgniteDA.net. We have over 30 in our on-demand library called DA On Demand. Uh, Everything from money matters to infection control to getting along in the practice. So definitely a wealth of information up there and completely free for you. So uh, with that, let's take a listen to Danny's thoughts and thank you again for listening to the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by IgniteDA. Well, good evening, everyone, and thank you for being a part of our webinar tonight. We're super excited to do this, and a little bit of a special treat, uh, because our guest was actually uh, in my home state of Colorado, so we're doing this uh, here at my house uh, in northern Colorado, so you're going to hear a few birds in the background. You might hear the rustling of leaves, but it's a beautiful night here north of Denver, and so we're glad to invite you onto the patio to talk about a very important topic excuse me, improving your patient outcomes and your practice's income. And I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest uh, in just a moment. But first, uh, I want to say thank you, as we always do. Thank you to our sponsors uh, who allow us to bring you not only tonight's webinar, uh, but also uh, everything that we do on Ignite DA for completely free. Uh, Patterson, Wells Fargo, Ivaclar, Revenue Wells, Zerk, Hugh Freedy, and DMG. Thank you all for not only your sponsorship of Ignite DA, but also your belief in dental assistance and the valuable role that they play in the practice. And by the way, since I didn't do it a minute ago, I will do it now. My name is Kevin Henry, and I'm the co-founder of Ignite DA. And again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, whether you're joining us live or you are listening to this in our on-demand library, where we have more than 30 webinars on demand. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. And now it's my 
pleasure and privilege to introduce my friend and uh, a great uh, mind in the uh, dental marketing space, Danny Bobro. Hey, Danny, how's it going? I'm doing great, Kevin. Thanks for the uh, the invitation and the opportunity. I honestly can't think of a better studio from which to broadcast. <laughs> what are we on? Is this the 13th green? Uh, you know, we've, we've got the, the fairway here in front of us, and the mountains are out here in Colorado. So this is one of those postcard evenings here in Colorado. Well, so we're, we're taking advantage of it, right? Spectacular. <laughs> so, uh, Danny, would love for you, uh, as you can see on the slide, Danny is the president of AIM Dental Marketing. He's also the founder for Climb for a Cause. So... Danny, take just a minute and kind of tell us about uh, both of those, if you don't mind. Sure, I'd be happy to. Actually, the, uh, the the official corporate entity is American Dental Corporation. Okay. We were founded in 1989, which in July will make 29 years, July of 2018. Okay. And that makes us the largest, I'm sorry, not the largest, <laughs> but the <laughs> oldest full-service dental marketing agency we've uh, we've gone through quite an evolution when we first started 29 years ago we were basically a glorified list broker huh. where all we knew to do was to provide dentists with lists of addresses of new residents to help them promote their practice and we quickly learned that that was uh, a nice service but it was insufficient for practice growth over the years we've expanded our offering to include full service dental uh, direct mail uh, fulfillment design uh, and everything else that entails that entails and then of course with the advent of the internet for commercial purposes back uh, around 99 we, we went headlong into that so we offer a full array of digital marketing services to help grow a practice uh, our, our vision mission and values really have to do with uh, a commitment to helping improve the health and longevity of people of the United States and the developing world we do that by working primarily, but not exclusively, with private practice dentists who share this vision. And in furtherance of that vision, we offer six pillars of support. And those include uh, our commitment to oral systemic health. We too have a monthly webcast series called Practice Perfection. Uh, I have a speaking series. You can learn more about it at dannybobro.com. We have the uh, Get the Phone to Ring services under the uh, umbrella of AIM Dental Marketing, and then we also offer a solution to help ensure that the leads that are generated, that when the phone rings from prospective patients who do not yet know you, like you, or trust you, that you're equipped to convert those calls by connecting with them first on an emotional level. We provide that service through a coaching service called the Art of First Impressions, Telephone Skills Mastery. That's basically who we are and what we do, Kevin. And, and I definitely want you to touch on Climb for a Cause, because I know that that is a, not only a passion of yours, but something that's doing great things all over the world. Happy to. And thank you for the opportunity. Climb for a Cause is a 501c3 foundation, which supports primarily oral health education and treatment projects in the developing world. That's how we fulfill that aspect of our vision, to help people in the developing world to lead longer, happier lives. Last year, with all the disasters, natural disasters, which befell the world and our own country, we made a decision to loosen up our, our focus a little bit. And so we have supported disaster relief. We've also supported oral cancer uh, 
research and support for, for victims of oral cancer. And uh, that's something that, that kind of floats my boat, as you yeah. know. And people that want to support us who feel passionate about helping others, while at the same time promoting their practice to, to essentially do well by doing good, they can get involved with Climb for a Cause either by participating in our annual hiking event this year will be 21, our 21st annual and our 20th anniversary. And if you're not inclined to be inclined, you can also become a branch office of the Smile Tree. And that gives us an opportunity to help you, quote, branch out and leave a smile. We support any practice that supports us. We give them free marketing and promotional assistance so we can ensure that they don't keep their good works a secret. Because when you do, uh, Dare, dare I use the term aggressively promote the fact that you're committed to a worthwhile cause, you essentially wrap your practice in a blanket of caring. And study after study shows that given a choice, a person will choose to purchase from or affiliate with an organization that has demonstrated a commitment to social responsibility. So this is a wonderful way to, as I said, do well by doing good and to have a lot of fun in the process. It's a great thing, and definitely uh, encourage you. The website's there on the screen, climbforacause.org. Uh, uh, you can learn more about it there and learn about uh, some of the past uh, trips as well as uh, where they have planned right. this year. And so, if I may also suggest yeah. that, as again, again, if you're not interested in, in the outdoor adventure aspect of this, you can also uh, learn more about us at smiletree.org. Okay, smiletree.org, good site as well. So let's talk about the dental assistant because obviously that's that's why we're here tonight, you know, is to yep. talk about that. You know, one of the things that you and I were chatting about earlier, and, and I wanted you to kind of branch out upon this because I think it's really a great uh, term uh, because you talked about the dental assistant being the, uh, and I want to make sure I get this right, the idea champion, right? You got it. Okay, tell me what your idea is for the dental assistant to be the idea champion. Of course. Talk about that. Well, any idea needs a champion. Uh, you can go back in history and, you know, they, I think it's said that nothing is as powerful as an idea whose time has come. But the idea doesn't doesn't catch on and promulgate itself. There needs to be somebody who has the passion and the vision to drive that idea through to its its uh, from from the idea stage to the implementation and fulfillment. I feel that the dental assistant is in a unique position to act in, in that role. The dental assistant is actually the most flexible position in the dental practice. Uh, you know, if you look at Wikipedia or the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they actually define it as, as a, a function within the dental practice that has many roles, from clinical to scheduling to practice management. Yep. And, and, and the scope of that work depends, of course, upon the particular office in which you work and the philosophy and the personality, maybe even of the practice owner and the fellow team members. Sure. Being an effective idea champion requires more than just passion. Uh, I would say that passion for an idea is necessary, but not sufficient. Uh, Kevin and I earlier were talking um, over milk and cookies. Yes, of course. <laughs> about <laughs> of course. Uh, about the, uh, the importance of having the communication skills to basically act as a salesman. Because we're all salesmen. 
including the women. I use salesman as a term because salesperson really suggests more of an inside sales order taking capacity. Uh, a sales a salesman is somebody who has mastered the art of persuasive communication. I think Fred Joyle uses the term uh, communication with a purpose. Yep. And, and I like that definition. So this requires uh, art and science. You need to understand what your passion is. And then you equally important need to look at the, the environment in which you find yourself. What is the personality? What are the formal as well as informal uh, power structures or, you know, reporting uh, the, the, the organization chart, if you will, within the organization. Because if you go in too aggressively, you can you know, lead to an unintended consequence. And, you know, everybody wants to protect their position in an organization. And there's an understandable desire to be conservative. But I would submit that the only great things that happen are people that are willing to take a risk. Yep people to step out of their comfort zone and not to do it in a foolhardy or reckless way. I'm certainly not suggesting that, sure. but to take a look and, and, and understand that other people with may have entrenched interests or may have their own personalities. Their goal may be to just protect the status quo sure. to tell you, we've been there, we've done that. That doesn't work, you know, or that's not your job. And you certainly want to listen and respect that. Listen to and respect what, what the feedback you get. But at some point, if you believe that committing to social responsibility or adopting an oral systemic practice model or working to help the team do a better job of generating patient reviews yep. or patient testimonial videos, that this is something which if you're committed to and you are convinced will help the practice grow, I think you owe it to the practice as well as to yourself to, to share that passion. The worst they really can say if you do this correctly is no. And remember too that no doesn't mean no. It often means not now. Because in marketing and sales, people often need to hear the same thing more than once sure. before they decide to take a chance. You know, one of the things that you and I were talking about over those milk and cookies earlier, of course, was that it can certainly be deflating whenever you're in an environment where we've tried that, we've done that that won't work you know we and and i i hear dental assistants all the time come up to me and say it's so frustrating because i want change i want things to happen how can they be that agent of change whenever maybe they're in an environment that is stodgy right or, you know has been there done that first uh, i'm not going to say it's easy yeah. and it's not guaranteed the approach that i take when people talk to me about wanting to grow their practice, for instance, and I let them know what the options are, often we'll suggest, although we don't usually lead with this direct mail, and people say, we tried direct mail, it doesn't work. And I, at that point, I want more information. I say, well, when you say it didn't work, can, can you give me a little bit of information, some specifics? What did you do? What, what was the design? What was the offer? What was the target? What was the frequency? What was the interval? Uh, and what were the results? When you say it didn't work, what was the response rate? And what you'll find is often people can't answer any of these questions. And, and you want to be careful because you never want to embarrass people. But the main thing that I'm trying to get at is to get them to accept the possibility that the concept, it may not be that the concept was flawed so much as the execution. Because in life, success is a chain. And a chain is only strong as its weakest link. 
And they may have done nine out of 10 things right, but if they got the 10th thing wrong, the chain will have broken. And that's the way I would suggest you approach it is get them to recognize that maybe, first of all, understand what they mean. Show them the respect and, 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 and do yourself the service of getting the information you need to understand what was done that quote did not work. And then see if possibly there was a different way that the idea could have been approached yeah. to make it work. So I want to encourage you, if uh, you're listening to us live tonight, uh, and thank you for joining us, uh, certainly you can ask questions. Uh, we have the questions box here. You can drop us a line if there's something that uh, sticks out to you or you want more clarification on. We're happy to talk about that. Um, you know, but we want this to be interactive. Certainly it's Danny and I sitting outside enjoying a nice evening here in Colorado, but you know, this is your webinar as well. So if you're joining us live, feel free, ask a question, uh, you know, and I'll do my best to keep an eye on the question box and have that answered. So I want to go back to something that you talked about during your introduction. And those were the, uh, the pillars of success, I believe you call them. So pillars of support. Yeah, pillars mm -hmm. of support. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about maybe one or more of those that an assistant could use uh to not only grow their practice but also maybe grow their career as well i'd be happy to the one that i think is is the most important because you can have the greatest skill set the most wonderful offering but your success with gaining acceptance and therefore growing your practice really hinges upon how effective is your communication. I've seen practices where, you know, through AIM Dental Marketing, I'll just say this with all humility, we can get the phone to ring. We know how to get people to call a dental office. What we find is that in most cases, the percentage of calls from, again, externally generated patients who do not yet know you, like you, or trust you, if it were just to increase by a few percentage points would make a huge difference in the practice's bottom line. <clears throat> and that's why the art of first impression or TAFI, as I call it for yep. short, T-A-F-I, <clears throat> is so near and dear to my heart because so many times I see people investing in getting their phone to ring and they convert a, a, a you know, a, uh, an unfortunately low percentage of those callers. And I wanna make clear, it's not because the people don't have the ability that the team lack the passion or the caring, they, they, they possess all those in abundance. It's just simply that there is a unique skill set that is required to connect with people who do not yet know you, like you, or trust you. It's particularly challenging in an environment where people calling already are not ex particularly looking forward to seeing a dentist. Of course. And who have been, to some extent, I would say it's fair to say brainwashed by the insurance companies who have convinced them that a fee, which is very difficult, if not impossible, to deliver optimal care is considered usual and customary. And that's why we coach team members on how to master the art of first impressions and why I think this is a great opportunity for a dental assistant to act as an idea champion to encourage the practice to first maybe recognize that they could do better yeah. than they are. And, and the problem with this, the challenge is that often they don't know because how do you measure the lost production and practice growth that, that, the, that the practice is experiencing, suffering really, 
because they failed to convert 80 or 90 percent of these calls and they're stuck at 20 to 40 percent right you know to me and, and i always believe that the dental assistant is maybe the most trusted person in the in the practice you know I, i've heard countless stories about patients asking them for second opinions uh you know if a doctor says they need a crown uh whatever it might be and so i think that that trust that can be built with the patient wouldn't that be great if that was something that that same trust could be built throughout the practice as well and, and i think maybe that's where the assistant can maybe be a little bit of a, a ringleader for right. lack of a better term yep that's a that that works for me and you know the best way to lead kevin as you know is to lead by example yeah Absolutely. And therefore, if the team sees the dental assistant connecting with patients so effectively, that should be some capital, some goodwill that you earn with yeah. the team. The next step would be then to master the art of first impressions. And we can provide a practice with the tools to quantify, by, by the way, the value of such a skill. We can help them. If you're not already doing this, if you don't have a practice consultant that has already done this, calculate what the average value of a patient is to the practice. Yep. I don't want to get too technical, but one of the issues is that sometimes people, they talk about return on investment. Calculating return on investment in a dental office can be a bit of a challenge because it's not only how you calculate it, it's when. Because if you think about it, the day that you bring in a new patient, if they came in to overcome their fear, you offered them a special incentive, maybe a complimentary exam, x-rays, and consultation. Sure. You may have paid to get that phone to ring. There's no question that if you calculate return on investment when you check out that patient, it's negative. You've lost money. There's yeah. no question. The thing that's vital to recognize, unless you're planning to close your doors tomorrow, is that you're investing in a future relationship of referral recall and that's in a financial term called future cash flow it's kind of like investing in an annuity or compound interest if you measure the return on investment in that patient a year from now provided that you're delivering all the all the promises and that your practice does everything i'm sure it does which is you know meet or exceed promises show appreciation for the for the patient help them understand and, and, and pursue a life of optimal health, that return on investment is going to grow continually over the lifetime of the relationship. So that's really important to recognize. And once you understand that, because dentists are scientists, they like data sure. and they deserve data. Sure. So, well, you know, at it, some point they need to see it. Well, and you and I both believe the dentist should know his or her numbers and actually know, you know, like that marketing that you're talking about, what's working for them and what isn't. Right. And one of those numbers is, and you know, you're a sports fan. I like to talk about telephone skills mastery. I sometimes, the title of my lecture, sometimes all MVPs know their box scores. Yep, absolutely. And box sense. scores, runs, hits, errors, you know, of, 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 of a certain number of telephone calls that you get, how many are you appointing? And of the ones you appoint, how many show up? And, and how does your ratio, how does your batting average compare to that of the teams? Mm -hmm. And you certainly want to be above average, so we pull up the average. And that's it. And it's it's exciting to see those numbers because now you're you don't have this vague sense of whether whether something is working or not. Everybody has numbers. It's not personal. And 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 provided that then just like in in baseball, 
if the coach said your batting average is, is no good, I want to see it higher, but don't let me catch you in that batting cage practicing. I mean, it's not reasonable to expect you to improve. Absolutely. So we got to provide tools and coaching. So you, you mentioned the art of first impression, the taffy, and I've heard you talk about taffy for a long time. So just going to ask you for just a glimpse. What is that key first impression quality that maybe an assistant should have or should work on to really make sure that that patient grows that trust in him or her? Without knowing the dental assistant in particular, yeah, just, I can't just, say where they're at on this continuum, but in the word, caring. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Taffy entails showing people how to let their current personality shine through the phone because I can't teach you to care. I can't teach you to be professional. But what I can coach team members on is how to have that caring shine through within the first 15 seconds or five seconds of the phone call. We do that by showing you how to adopt a... Uh, a protocol. See, this is all about protocols. And doctors are really good at clinical protocols. They're not always so good on the practice management side of things. Sure. But it's just as important, right? Absolutely. Our protocol shows you how through a very tried and tested series of communications of, of statements to establish rapport, convey empathy, exude enthusiasm, ask the right question in the right way at the right time and then engage in active listening skills to connect with the caller so that the caller knows this person cares about me so now when i've asked i've led the first question in the call are you in my insurance plan or how much does a crown cost or i'd like a second opinion the answer is always the same i can help you with that my name is danny may i ask who i'm speaking with and then they tell you their name, and then you ask them if they're in any discomfort, whether you think they are or not, because we want you to show that you care. And what else is happening here in a very subtle but powerful and respectful way is that while you're asking questions that show that you care about the caller, you're also gaining control of the call, because whoever asks the questions controls the call. Now, if control sounds manipulative, please understand. You can, instead of use control, if you don't like that word, use guide or manage. Sure. You're the professional. You truly owe it to the caller to control that call because they may have led by asking you if, they're, if you're in their insurance plan or how much a crown costs. I promise you that that's not what's important to them. I'm not saying it's not important, but that is not why they're calling you today. They're calling you today because they have a dental need. Yep. If you think about it, who would wake up and say, you know, I'm just curious. I'm going to call this dental office and see if they're in my insurance plan. Yep. So you have to know how to answer that. And that's a little bit, bit perhaps beyond the scope of the of our, our chat today, Kevin. Yep. But, but please trust me that we know how to do it in a way that shows that that's an important question, but which temporarily moves it out of the way so that you can now find out what, why they're calling now and you can establish a connection with that caller. And, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, Danny, a big fat limb and say that that caring that you show on the phone better be the same caring whenever they walk in the door yeah. and that those same questions 
and the same way that maybe you control the conversation is also something that happens in person. It well, is, maybe. but it's funny you mentioned that because I, I don't think that's a limit at all. I think it's a no-brainer. Okay. If you can convey caring over the phone, that same caring is going to be there because I know you already care. I, I liken it to the song New York. If I can make it here, I'll make it anywhere. Yep. If you can make it on the phone, in person is a piece of cake. Again, a little bit of the coaching is that there are three components which comprise effective communication. This was done research at UCLA. They are the verbal, the vocal, and the visual component. And what they showed is the percentage that each contributes to effective communication is the actual word you use is about 8%. The way you use the words that you choose is 30, 37%. And the rest, 55% is visual. That's alone, it goes a long way to explaining why some people have trouble connecting with people on the phone. Because in the community, you're de basically dealing with le less than half a communication deck. When you meet them, you've got body language, eye contact, gestures, maybe even touch that can really help you connect. So it wasn't such a big limb after all. <laughs> well, and, and, and honestly, one of the things that I, I often talk to dental assistants about is that importance of body language. You know, you can say how thrilled you are to be there, how thrilled you are to meet somebody, but that patient knows if you're really happy that they're there or if you're thinking well, crap, it's a four o'clock emergency patient. Oh, joy. Yeah, you're watching you know? your watch. Yeah. Well, I think, and what's really cool up about that observation is that I just said that part of the reason people have challenges connecting on the phone is because of this visual gap, as yeah. I call it, the lack of the visual component. And then people say, well, yeah, that's because people can't see you, right? And I say, well, not exactly. People have a mind's eye. Sure. And they form a mental picture. And so just as you said, when people are seeing you, how you comport yourself makes a big difference. It's the same on the phone. If you're hunched over and you're low energy, that, that, that image will come through on the phone. So often we'll go so far as to have a mirror in front of the telephone. So you now look in the mirror and take a deep breath. And remember, this is the most important person in the world to you right now. They're not a distraction. Sometimes people view the phone call as an interruption. When that phone stops ringing, folks, we're all in trouble. That's true. And and just like that important person on the phone, that important person in the chair, that important person, you know, who who is <coughs> on the handoff between the back and the front. I mean, all these little things that sometimes we're already thinking ahead to. I've got to turn the room around. I've got to try to get a bathroom break. You know, all the things where that patient can pick up on. And if that's the last thing that they leave the practice with is that you were trying to hurry them out the door and maybe not answer a question or show that empathy, it makes a difference. No, that's an excellent point. And it's ironic because I rarely will lead with this, but a successful business is an assembly line. It really is. You routinize a process and you do the right thing over and over again. However, when, when the widgets that you're processing are people, yeah. you still have to have systems in place. But when you're working with that one widget, which may be Mary Smith, Mary Smith is the most important person in the world to you. Absolutely. And, and that's the brilliance of systems. Systems don't turn you into a robot. They turn you into a caring human being because you can trust the system. And it's the same thing with the, the art of first impressions. It's a system. And a lot of people bristle before they understand it. Well, I don't want to read a script. Well, we don't want you to read a script because that's the worst thing you can do. But if you think about it, some of the 
some of the movie lines that have like permeated our collective culture at one point were scripts. Sure. Somebody wrote a script and asked the, the actor, now do it. Well, what the actor had to do, first of all, was memorize those texts and get what they call get off book. Once you're off book, so you understand the meaning behind the words, then you can let your personality shine through. And it's a lot easier than an actor because an actor has to let the persona shine through. They have to assume a different identity. Yeah. We are not asking you to assume a different identity. We want you to master this skeletal structure, if you will, which is a communication sequence, so that you understand why we're asking you to, to communicate this in the order we're asking you to communicate it, so that you can relax and not think about the words. Let me give you an analogy. <clears throat> I, I often said, and I was in martial arts for many years, within the first year, a, 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 a aspiring martial artist, in the first year of their training, the person they're most dangerous to is themselves. Because if you get into an altercation with some street fighter, while you're trying to figure out how to throw the perfect front kick, they've, they've got you around the throat and they're throwing you to the ground because you're still thinking about what to do. This has got to become second nature. And the only way to make it second nature is to practice. There There's just no way around it. If you wanna, and, it's, and, and to accept that you may not, you may get a little worse at first, we're on a golf course, your beautiful golf course. If somebody wants to improve their golf swing and they hire a coach and they're going to modify your swing, do you think that the next time you go out and golf, your game is going to get better or worse? It's going to get worse because you're having to rewire neural pathways. You're, we all like to follow the path of least resistance. Sure, but if we want to grow, we have to go out on a limb, yep. as you said. There you go. And, uh, and, 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 and it's okay to fail. You know, because it's sort of a, a dip if you if you curve, if you graph the, the progression. Yep. Can it get a little worse at first? And then you're going to skyrocket once you kind of get it down. But you've got to practice. There you go. So, Danny, last question for you. So, any if, you, if you'd leave our, our audience tonight with one main thought, something maybe they could change on Monday that would be different next Monday from last Monday. I know it's a broad one. I'm catching you out of the blue with it. So, <laughs> what what's maybe like a just a 60 second nugget of knowledge you'd like to leave the, the audience with? I can't guarantee how long it's going to take. <laughs> but You're on the clock. I <laughs> will I will preface it because I don't know you, dear listener. Yeah. And I would never presume to preach to somebody before I understood it. I would say that the the main thing I would suggest is to recognize what an exciting profession you've chosen. Because you're sort of like the, uh, <clears throat> what is it, free safety? Who's the one in the in the football team that yeah. has, right? Yeah, all over the place. That, that you're all over the place, and you have to master different skills, and you really have an opportunity, again, with certain constraints of your practice. Yeah. But this is a profession, again, and you may not end up working at the same practice. I'm not trying to encourage you to jump ship, but I want you to look in the big picture and recognize that you can, perhaps more than your your fellow team members, because of the structure and the flexibility of your profession, your chosen career, you can craft and will your own future. You, you can look around and say, you know, this practice in particular would really benefit from telephone skills coaching. Or I really think we should go out into the community and we should structure a cause marketing project as an ongoing practice builder. Or we should adopt an oral systemic practice model, which might entail learning more about 
the many protocols that exist now to help your patients lead longer, happier lives, like salivary testing for high-risk oral pathogens. These are ways to distinguish your, differentiate your practice and distinguish yourself while adding to your skill set that will make you invaluable, if not to your current employer, than to a future one. Love it. And, and that's the thing is that you, there's always opportunities out there for the well-trained assistant and for the, for the passionate assistant as well. So, Danny, uh, would you mind just giving contact information in case somebody wants to follow up or get some more info from you? No, I'd be happy to. There's a lot of websites. If you want to learn about building your practice through uh, image-conscious, cost-effective marketing tactics, you can go to AIM, A-I-M, aimdentalmarketing.com. And as we mentioned, you can learn more about the cause marketing pillar of support at either climbforacause.org or smiletree.org. You can also learn more about oral systemic health at oralsystemicmarketing.com. <laughs> Danny's got all the, the URLs. I have I a lot of URLs. <laughs> and the last one I'll leave you with is practiceperfection.com, where we have a monthly webcast on topics usually related to the oral systemic practice model. Should I throw a phone number in there? Throw it in, my friend. Okay. 800-760-2419. And the easiest, shortest email to remember for me would be dbobro, D-B-O-B-R-O-W at gmail.com. There you go. Danny, thanks for being here tonight, man. I really do appreciate it. Glad Pleasure was mine, sir. Hey, glad you stopped by, and uh, thank you for the milk and cookies. And thank you to all of our listeners uh, for being with us tonight. Uh, certainly, you know, we encourage you, if you like what you heard tonight, you'll be amazed at the resources that are available to you for free on IgniteDA.net. That's IgniteDA.net and go under the DA On Demand tab and you'll be able to find all sorts of webinars on there uh, ranging from infection control to money matters to getting along in the practice. And if you're listening to this for CE tonight, uh, just a reminder, here's our CE code, M as in May. 052418. That's tonight's CE code. And again, thank you to Danny Bobro for being with me tonight here in Colorado. Thank you to our audience for being with us. We certainly appreciate your time and we encourage you join us for the next webinar. We'll be posting that very shortly. And view our past webinars, igniteda.net, and go to DA on demand. Everything on there is for free. So for tonight, Kevin Henry, the co founder of Ignite DA signing off and saying thank you again for being a part of our webinar tonight.